Morning, everyone. I was waiting for the last announcement. Yeah. When you've got toddlers and you're trying to worship, that's an interesting one. Welcome, everyone, to the Father's house. You are all welcome. We thank the Lord for another day in his presence. I always say to God, before I come to church, Lord, I could have been anywhere else, but I'm going into your house and I want to meet with you. So I pray the same prayer over each and every one, the sacrifice to come on a rainy day in the morning, but may God meet you at your point of need. May you not leave this place empty-handed in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, so um, welcome to those who are visiting us for the first time. If you're new, you're welcome. You're appreciated. We love you. And um, you may have received a Connect card. Um, please fill it in. We just want to know more about you and reach out and welcome you and also just pray with you um, if you need any prayers. So please feel free to fill in as much as you can and there are people who pray for you. So if you do have prayers that you need um, um, to put there, please feel free to do so. Um, yeah, they don't take away the pain, do they? No, please leave the pin. <laughs> we'll use it again next Sunday. Um, yeah, and then you can drop off that in the guest box um, outside or you give any of the guys you see um, along the walls, Kristen, the Malin, or myself. Okay, so we've got birthdays. Guys, we celebrate birthdays in this house. There we go. On the 25th, that's today. Brenda Knight, are you here? Brenda, happy birthday. Happy birthday to you. <laughs> wow, what a blessing. It rained on your birthday. 26th of February, we've got Casper Geber. On the 28th of Fe February, we've got Carl Fusahi. Guys, my Afrikaans is on point. <laughs> on the 1st of March, we've got Adrian Matthews. So still on the Afrikaans, they just need to tell you. So I wanted to Africanize my name. So then I told someone, like, what's your name? I'm like, Hurley. It's like, huh? <laughs> is that Afrikaans? I'm like, yeah, it is. So yeah, to the Afrikaans, please, you can call me Hurley. Um, and um, so our, our services start at 9, but if you could join us, 8.30, we meet here and we um, do corporate prayer, you know, just to focus on Jesus, let go of the past and just usher ourselves into the new week. And yeah, so please feel free, 8.30, come through. Let's just seek the Lord together for the worship and um, also just for our minister, you know, it is our mandate as Christians to pray for our ministers because they're also people, they also get overwhelmed and tired. Let's just meet and pray for them so that when they come with the word, we can also just receive that. Okay, and um, we've got Alpha that will be starting on the 25th of March. So if you're interested, please contact the church office. This is where we just encounter the Holy Spirit, get to know more about the Bible, get to know more about Christ. You know, if you're just starting your journey with Christ, but it's even for those who've walked with the Lord, but you just want to know more about God, this is a good place to be. Um, please also, if you want to know more, just after church, you can also talk to Auntie Connie. Auntie Connie, are you here? Just wave where you are. There's Auntie Connie. The never-aging lady. 
And um, we've got Youth Parent Meeting Workshop. We'll be having an information night about youth ministry and the parenting workshop will be hosted. All youth parents are invited. This will take place on the 8th of March from half, half seven to half nine. I was with the youth on Friday, guys, and I tell you, these children love the Lord. These young people love the Lord. You, you come and you just feel the presence of God. And it's amazing that, you know, God can also work through young people and he is for the youth. So I encourage every parent, if, if your child is coming to youth and you don't know what it's about, you want to know what they talk about when they're having youth, please come through. This is a platform for you to ask and understand what Marlon does with the children on Friday evenings. Ladies event, Aunt Veronica, are you here? No, she's not here. Okay, we'll have um, our first ladies event for the year, which will be held on the 9th of March at 9.30. The cost is just for you to bring a plate of eats. Sharing is caring, right? So just come with whatever you can and we just share. Have a flower in your pretty hair and um, yeah, we'll just enjoy as ladies. And every Wednesday, we have Connect Nights. Please come through and just um, take time to fellowship with other people. It shouldn't be a solo journey. Come and meet with people who believe in the Lord, who can encourage you. You know, the enemy has a tendency of wanting to just let you be on your own and magnify the problem and make you believe that you're on your own, which is not true. There's people here who want to support you, but they can't unless they know what you're going through. So please come through and um, let's see you there, Wednesday, 7. Our regular meetings, we have the youth. Um, Marlon is here every Friday at 7 with the young people in the church. We have ladies' meetings every Wednesday, 9.30 at the church. So if on a Wednesday morning you're free, Please come and join the ladies. We also have healing streams. Um, contact the church office for an appointment. It's a, a platform to just, you know, offload and just deal with the issues that need to be dealt with so that you're a whole individual. We also have Moms Connect. Moms, let's meet and talk about these children every last Saturday of the month from half two to half four. Please contact the church. <laughs> Yes, and then after that, we can connect you to Healing Streams. That's awesome. Um, and we have counseling or marriage, uh, and marriage counseling. Um, we speak with your, your Jose and Cheryl Yatu, or you can contact the church and they can connect you with them. Classics. Woo! The young people in the church. Every Friday, every first Friday of the month at 9.30. Uncle Bernie, are you here? Yes, Uncle Bernie, the cool dude with the, yeah. So please see Uncle Bernie there every, every Friday, um, Friday of, first Friday of the, rather, of the month at 9.30. And um, yes, Christine, you need to announce something. Please come forward. Morning, everybody. Um, so... This week's announcements, we sent a, an announcement that the, the Classics will have a market day on the 3rd of March. Unfortunately, that has been postponed. Um, we will send out a date later on once the data has been confirmed. Um, we're starting a food bank again, which I'm quite excited about. So all 
we'll have a box at the back in the foyer. So all preserved foods, tin foods, canned foods, anything like that, you're welcome to just drop off. Um, it is in aid of anybody in our church that needs assistance, just let us know and um, we'll gladly assist you. Um, and then our church has a WhatsApp number, which is over there. Um, this is for all general announcements. It's just another platform which we'll be using for any announcements to go out um, during the week. Okay, we won't spam you with announcements. We'll just be one, hopefully, <laughs> a week. Um, we just find that people are still are communicating more on WhatsApp, so it's quite easy to get hold of us. So if you have any prayer requests, contact, send a message to that number. If you want to have pastoral meetings, let us know, WhatsApp us. Um, baby dedications, baptism, when we have the registration open, WhatsApp us on that number. It will also be sent out in the announcement, so you will get that. Um, we will have a group for the church community. Please note it will be a closed group. Only admin of the group will be able to send notification out or notices out. Okay. Um, there is another group. The old group will be closed this evening today. Okay, and we'll get that other group running, up and running, and I'm going to ask your assistance to get that group up and running by please sending me your name and number, not your number, but your name and surname to this number so that I can easily, quickly save your name and add you to the WhatsApp group. And I think that's all, yeah, that's all that is. Thank you, Christy. Give a hand of applause to Christy as she goes. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. I'll call upon tithe and offering. <laughs> Let's stretch our hands and pray. Father, we thank you for the tithe and offering before you, Lord. We just pray your blessing, Father. We pray, Father, that every sacrifice, Lord, every prayer that has been put through this, Father God, may reach your throne of grace, Lord, that your people may be met at their point of need. We pray, Father, even for wisdom for the finance team, Lord, as they just allocate the right funds, Lord, for the right um, departments and everything, every ministry in our church, Lord. We bless you. We thank you. May you multiply, Father, even for those who are not able to, Father, May you bless them, Father God, for in your house there is abundance. In your name we pray, amen. Okay, and then the fun parts, Archbishop. <laughs> no, please, um, we're calling Didi to come up and share the word with us. Yeah, you know, with friends like these now. <laughs> Praise the Lord for friends. Thank you, Gerli. Thank you. Gerli, Gerli. And uh, Kristen, I mean, it sounded like I was in an airplane, Kristen. You know, directing us to the water. 
I was waiting for chicken and beef to appear. Good morning, nevertheless. Goeiemorgen. Bonjour. Bonjour, mon ami. Ça va bien? Ça va, merci. Dumela. Dumela, kaufela, dumela. We sang that song as a kid. Man, I just, I just, I wasn't here last week, but I saw some pictures um, that were sent to me, and I mean, ah, this happens often with me, you know. I see the goodness of God, and I see these young people standing there, and I'm like, man, Lord, can't help it. It arrests me every time. Can't help it. The Lord is so good. I'm just, you know, just in awe of His goodness. You know, I wasn't going to go there. I was like, the Lord does these things. Um, man, there's a sorry, man, sorry. I'm completely Sandy just behind you. That gentleman over there with the black on. Yes, you. Man, there's such a presence of the Lord on you, man. You've such a such an innocent way in which you pursue the Lord, and you find that so, so precious, man. Just keep on keeping on, man. Just keep on keeping on. You're such a heart of gratitude on you, man. That's, that's going to impact people. Sorry. Um, I, I, love, I love when the Lord interferes with our plans. That's what I'm preaching on, by the way. But yeah, so, and the Spirit is moving, and, and, you know, I saw the pictures of people getting prayed for and loved on, and I'm like, that's, that's good, that's what the Lord would want us to do. That was His great command, go make them disciples, baptize them, teach them to obey, and then those disciples could do the same. And we can only impact the world through the love of Christ. Not all the, you know, it's good to hear preaching and teaching and all that stuff, but it, it's the love of Christ, it's the love of Jesus. You know, when I'm in awe, like now, I'm just like, you know, I can imagine those 24 elders just throwing down their crowns and like, oh, what else can they do? You know, when you behold Jesus, when you behold the Lord for who He is, cast down your crowns, man. Just forget about everything else. And that's what we pray for when we pray, come Holy Spirit. It's not for us to feel all good about ourselves, but for us to be equipped, for us to be touched by the Lord again and again and again. So come, Holy Spirit, in this place this morning, Lord, we pray. That you would encounter in such a way that our lives will never be the same again. Come interfere in the course of our lives. And if you allow that, man, man, oh man, your life will change. You know, the more, the more I... You know, get to know God, and the more I want to know Him intentionally, and I, the more I pursue this thing of Christ-likeness, and you'll always hear me talk about Christ-likeness, you know, the more I just, I'm in absolute awe of His majesty, and His wonder, and His awesomenessnessnessness. That's a real word, awesomenessnessnessness. Go look at Didi chapter 2, verse 4. <laughs> but how can I not love and serve Him, you know, with everything in me? You know, and if we, follow, if we follow Christ and we know that we are His, we are carriers of the very presence of Christ within us. We don't have to stir up anything or do cartwheels. I've seen people do that. I would not do a cartwheel. 
the sight would just, you know, I can't put that trauma on you. But, you know, we don't want to do things to usher in the presence of the Lord. You want to stir up things. God is always at work. And our end is just to recognize what the Lord is doing. And not only do we want to recognize that, we want to take part in it. We want to be part of what God is doing. And God has a plan and a purpose for us all. And He has a purpose for us, a, commun a community of followers of Christ, a.k.a. the Father's house. He has a purpose for His church, the body of Christ. You know? Jesus established the church after He ascended into heaven. He gave the disciples, you know, go, you know, go make disciples. And they planted all these little things, which later became churches. And this is my view. No other major theologian has yet to catch this. Jesus left us the church as a gift where we can fellowship with and be equipped with other followers of Christ as a family around the centrality of Christ to fulfill the mission and purpose of Christ all over the world. It's not just for us here. All over the world. And this thing we call church is not just an organization where we you know, come together every now and again, pay some membership fees, have a good time, and wonderful. And No, the church is a living organism. It breathes, it grows, it transforms, and it affects, and it changes the environment where we're in. Wherever we are, wherever it's planted, it's meant to spread and advance the kingdom of God. And that's what we want to do. We want to be part of that. You know, if we, if we become stagnant, mosquitoes will come. I hate mosquitoes, man. I've just got to say, I have never in my life, mosquitoes never bothered me. I've traveled all over the place, but this year, for some reason, man, I've become a delicacy. Man, they look for me. We had a meeting the other night at Tim's house, and this thing just comes for me. I laid my hands on it. I sent it on to the next life. Very suddenly, it was a bloody affair. I survived. The mosquito, not so lucky. But I hate those things, man. Like, Lord, what is your purpose with this? We Googled it. It's food for the, you know, other little animals. I'm like, they can eat flies. Mosquitoes aren't even that good. They taste like blood. Six man. God has a plan. And the Bible says, in their hearts, humans plan their course, but the Lord establishes their steps. That's in Proverbs 16, verse 9. In other words, God determines the outcome. We can make our plans, and it's good to plan, and you must plan, and it's right, and it's proper, and it's good. But when we follow the plans of the Lord, I believe that He honors those plans, and He blesses them. Because of the, bless you. Talk about blessings. Bless you. Man. But God is the ultimate plan, and He's the ultimate orchestrator of everything. But how do we know this? How do we know that God has a plan? Look at creation. Look at creation. So if you have a little Bible with you, failing which you have an electronic device, scroll, page, look up, Google, Psalm 19. Now, I love, I love Old Testament theology, history, and literature. I really do. It's a wonderful, wonderful thing. And this is one of the most beautiful Hebrew poems that I can think of in, in the Psalms. The other theologians agree with me for a change. Now, they told me, so I'm just like, I'm going to take that and make it my own. But David, David wrote the psalm, and in verse 1 he says, The heavens declare the glory of God, the skies proclaim the work of His hands. Day after day they pour forth speech, night after night they reveal knowledge. Creation speaks about God. 
The heavens declare the glory of God. The skies proclaim the works of His hand. Creation in the very way it's designed in its awesomenessnessness, that word again, in His perfection and in its beauty and its magnificence, points to God, speaks to God. And I mean, I can imagine David looking at the sky and he sees the sun and the stars and the mountains and everything being caught up in this awesome wonder. He couldn't help but just see the glory of God. Whenever I travel and I look at mountains and rivers, I stand there and I'm like, you know, have you, anyone ever been to the Fish River Canyon? You stand there and you just look at this. Oh, it's amazing. You know, I get all misty-eyed about the desert. Sorry, Hans. Hans does. No, I'm just kidding. We Namibians, man, we love the desert. But I just in awe of what the Lord created. And sometimes I think, Lord, what were you thinking when you created this patch of earth? What is going through your mind? What, you know, something must, you must have thought of something. You know, when you look at where the, 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 the Atlantic Ocean meets the Namibian desert, that line, if you look at it from the top, it is absolutely astounding in its beauty and it's wonderful. This little planet we call Earth, it's tilted on its axis at 23.45 degrees. 2345. If it wasn't, our seasons would be completely different. Winter would be extreme. Our summers would be extreme. I don't know if we'd, we'd actually be alive. But that's the detail in which God created this universe. Every single human being that has ever lived in all time has lived on this little planet. If you look at it from Mars looking back to this side, you don't even see the Earth. We're not that significant as what we thought we were. You know, the, the, the early astronomers thought that everything, you know, everything revolves around us. No. And they've tried for years to find life on other planets. You know, they talk about these little dudes, aliens that come from everywhere. I don't know. They, they've just found that basically Earth is the only place that could sustain life as we know it. No other planet can. Others are too far away from the sun. Others are too far away from here. Nothing else can sustain life like we do. They've tried to say Mars has got the potential. No, not like we know it. God is precise. Who turns our chaos back into order. We say it. God establishes order. Even when it is chaotic. There's a story in the book of Joshua. Um, and God causes, and you can lit literally lead, I mean the New International Version says, God caused chaos in, in Joshua 10.10. 10. And the Lord threw them into confusion before Israel, who defeated them in a great slaughter at Gibeon. And then what does he do? He even sends them hailstones and kills them more than the swords of the Israelites can do. Completely chaotic, but he brings back order. He defeats the enemy of his people. God uses chaos to bring order. But he's not a chaotic God. God is not flustered about anything. You know, we run around, someone once used the analogy, you know, see a little duck on the water, but his feet goes like this. God isn't flustered. He's not moved by our chaos. Because he knows there's somewhere there's going to be order. He'll, he'll bring it alive. Remember the plagues? You know, old Mo? I can call him Mo. Moses? Here I am, Lord, that said my brother, that guy. <laughs> Speaks to Pharaoh. God causes incredible chaos. Why? To set his people free. So when we start looking at this through a kingdom lens, Sometimes it looks a bit messy, but God always brings order. Verse 3, they have no speech. They use no words. No sound is heard from them. Yet their voice goes out into all the earth. Their words to the end of the world. 
Paul writes in, in Romans 1 verse 20 that, For since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, His eternal power, and His divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood from what has been made so that people are without excuse. I, I struggle out to see how, you know, how, how, how difficult it is for people to believe that there is a God, looking at all of the stuff in the creation, everything that the Lord has made. I think part of the problem is what we grow up seeing is believing. We want to first see it before we believe it. If that's going to be the measurement, that's all good. But God uses that every day. He shows us every day through every breath we take, every step we take, us, you know, every move we make. It feels like a sting song coming on. That's a stalker song. Don't sing that song. Um, there can be no excuse. Does God always show up the way we think or anticipate Him to show up? No. You know, the Pharisees and the teachers of the law, I mean, these guys were experts. They knew everything about God. But yet when the Word became flesh, they didn't recognize Him. Because they had certain expectations of Him. They had certain thoughts about this political ruler, you know, this military guy that was going to come on, yeah? Like a Terminator. And I wonder if, if they were standing when Jesus left, you know, they were probably waiting for the words, I'll be back. <laughs> And just because, you know, just because it doesn't look like it used to, doesn't mean it's not God. But God can't be boxed in by our limits, you know, by the way, our limited view of God. He can't be boxed in. I'll tell you a story. About 15-odd years ago, I was going through some real financial problems to the point where I had a vehicle that I really, really loved, but I had to give it back to the bank, which was, you know, broke my heart. But what else could I do? The company that I worked for, they were supposed to pay a pot. It's a messy story, but, so as the time, you know, a man from the bank phoned me and tells me all this, and you know, I did all the little tricks that you do when you know in the legal system how you can sort of manipulate it, but eventually I knew this was going to happen. I didn't have the finance, I wasn't going to ask anybody for money, um, and in fact, the people I knew were pretty much as broke as I was. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I reached out to some folks and said, you know, can you help me, guys I knew in the motor industry, and they're like, yeah, you know, we'll pray for you, and you'll... On you back, I don't. I never got the call, and I, I don't know. So, about two days before this, the guy from the bank came. I literally, for the, I think it was for the first time, I said, "Okay, Lord, I don't know what to do now," because I always had this belief: I'm not going to bother God with things like that. You know, it's my stuff. I did this. You know, I'm not going to bother the Lord. I'm not going to ask Him about this. But eventually, I think it's just one of those points of desperation where you go, like, "Lord, help me." Um, and so I prayed, and I left it there, and I thought, okay, what will happen, what will happen, you know, what, say la vie, what's going to happen. Um, a day before, it was a D-Day coming, I get a phone call from a client, and you know, after those, how are you doing, I'm fine in you, no, I'm good in you, no, no, I'm fine, thank you in you, and I'm thinking, don't make an appointment with me, I can't come to you, I don't have a, I'm not going to have a car soon. This is before the days of Zoom and Skype and stuff. So I'm like, oh, Lord Jesus, what am I going to do? Don't ask me. And then the next moment he says, do you need a car? I couldn't even get a word out. And then he says, you know what? I had a dream about you last night. Um, and the dream felt so real. And in this dream, I asked you, do you need a car? And you said, yes. So when I woke up, I said to Nadima, listen, I had this weird dream. And then she says, phone the guy. So he phones me. And I said, yes. Thought, yes, I need to come. I'm like, yes. Man, I was so overwhelmed. 
You know, the best part of that story, the guy who phoned me was Muslim. God can use anybody at any time for any purpose, for his purpose. He, he, I mean, he bought this car on auction for his daughter that was turning 18 in like a year's time, but it was a bargain, and so he bought it. And it was a Mercedes-Benz. No, ha! Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, yeah, you know, the other let me know how reckon stallion. Peggy. In style. But that's what the Lord can do. Use anybody. Anytime. And you know, I remember, you know, it was that day before, my stomach was just in such a corkscrew. And I have a sense that some of us here today has got that corkscrew running. Just, it, it's eating at you. I'm going to pray for you that the Lord just removes that, removes the fear of the future of your life. And I know. The theory of trusting God and the reality of trusting God is, you know, we struggle with those things. But I learned from that experience that I can trust my father who owns a cattle on a thousand hills and all that stuff. I can trust him. It didn't work out the way I thought. No, I thought I would, you know, take my car and, you know, whatever's going to happen is going to happen. You know, I resigned myself to this defeatist, oh, well, woe is me. The Lord had other plans. They have no speech, they use no words, no sound is heard from them, yet their voice goes up into all the earth, their words to the ends of the world. In the heavens, God has pitched a tent for the sun. It's like a bridegroom coming out of his chamber, like a champion rejoicing to run his course. It rises at one end of the heavens and it makes its circuit to the other. Nothing is deprived of its warmth. The law of the Lord is perfect, refreshing the soul. The statutes of the Lord are trustworthy, making, making wise the simple. And, you know, I pray that we as a, as a community, we feed our souls more, you know, by reading the Bible, meditating on the Word of God. It refreshes our soul. The Word of God is trustworthy. You know, if the Lord says it, it's done. Put that in your squinkies and loop on there. Put that in your shoes and walk with it. If you want a prophetic word... If you want a prophetic word, read your Bible. If you want to prophesy with people, read your Bible. A lot of times prophecy sounds like scripture. Sometimes I, you know, read and I get this highlighted verse and I think, oh, let me share that with so-and-so quickly. You know, maybe that means something to them. They go like, oh, wow, I just read that this morning. Yeah, confirm something. Now, often we test prophecy to see whether, you know, it aligns with scripture. That's how sometimes we test prophecy. Does it align with the Word of God? Does that sound like our Father in the Bible? That's how we need to get to, to get to know, learn to get to know God. And we can never really fully know Him until we you know, get taken up in glory where we will completely see Him for who He is. But the Word of God displays the very nature, the very character of God. And even in this church, we have these avenues where we get to learn together to get to know God. I connect nights, I connect groups. We're dealing with, at the moment, I think we're dealing with the will of God. How does the will of God look like for your life? We have Bible school coming up soon. Get to know to learn who, you know, God has got you. At least get to know who got you, you know. I don't want to, you know, get in, step into a land and not even know who the people are that rule over me. I want to get to know them. I want to get to know Jesus. 
Alpha. Alpha is starting. I'm very excited for this new se- excited for this new season of Alpha. I've got some sign-ups, and I'm like, people getting to know Jesus better. People getting to be saved from their sin. They come to Alpha. They get you know get to know Jesus. Encounter the Holy Spirit. And you know what often happens if we don't read our Bibles? And this sounds like a almost a, a children's church message, but it's like the sun. It's, it sets. It gets dimmer and dimmer, and it's impercept- imperceptibly. You don't even notice it. But before you know it, it's dark. It just sets slowly and slowly and slowly. We don't take note of it. And that's often what happens is when you disengage with the Word of God, it becomes like that. The sun sets. It becomes dark. Mm, I know. I, you know, I'm not the most disciplined person sometimes. I, I, I struggle with it sometimes. Like, literally, you know, I'd like, sit with it. I, fell in, I have fallen asleep with the Bible in positions you will never know. Because I said, I'm going to read the Bible this year right through. All right. In the beginning was the, oh yeah, the word was, where was I? So I literally, you know, I have to bookmark, or I have to, what do you call the stuff in the diary? Pinpoint, read your Bible. I read a couple of scriptures and I think about it all day. Because if I don't, a week will go by and the only time I actually open the Bible is I have to prepare for something. Or if I see somebody send me these little pictures with the blomikis on and I see that, then I'm like, ah, oh, look, a scripture. And sometimes I don't even read it. It's just like, ah, oh, another And I've got to, hey, it's the Word of God. You can't go lightly about this, dude. You can't just excuse it as flippant. God is speaking, and He's speaking all the time. And all I need to do is mark my wikis up and listen. And I'm fighting with myself a lot of times. But in community, we hold each other accountable by sharing the Word of God. It's not to check up on one another, but it's to build us up, to strengthen us, to encourage one another. You know, it's nice if somebody sends you a scripture and says, I thought about you today, and I just thought that, you know, this word might mean something to you. The Lord is your shepherd. And you go like, yeah, man, I don't feel very much like a sheep today. Like a boggy key that's lost. The precepts of the Lord are right, giving joy to the heart. The commands of the Lord are radiant, giving light to the eyes. The fear of the Lord is pure, enduring forever. The decrees of the Lord are firm, and all of them are righteous. They are more precious than gold, more purer than gold. They are sweeter than honey, than honey from the honeycomb. By them your servant is warned. In keeping them there is great reward. I've been reading the, the, the book of Romans. Man, Paul's next level in this book. The first chapter, he has a go with the Gentiles. And then the second chapter, he has a go with the Jews. And by the third chapter, he says, Everybody has sinned. You're all guilty. We all have fallen short of the glory of God. In chapter 4, he says that Abraham, you know, he talks about Abraham that believed and to him was credited righteousness. And, you know, we can't do anything to earn this. You know, Paul goes at length. And in chapter 6, he, he's like really fed up. I don't know what, what went up with Paul, but he becomes so fed up. He says in verse 1 of chapter 6, What then shall we say? Shall we go on sitting so that grace may increase? By no means! Exclamation mark. It's written like that in the Bible. I'm like, yeah, Paul, take it easy, bro. But I can understand. We were not set free 
to the blood of Jesus Christ, just to return to bondage. We were set free to be free. That's what Jesus died for. We didn't have to be held captive. We didn't have to give in to those temptations. We didn't have to give in to the lusts of the flesh. We didn't have to give in and listen to the voices of the enemy that wants to distract us from God. And believe me, we have an enemy, I don't know about you guys, that would want to distract us. That would want to diminish our purpose and our plans. That are the plans that the Lord has got for us. You know? And sometimes we have those feelings that we're not good enough. Or that we're not qualified. You know? The enemy tells you, no, you, know, you can't do that. God doesn't call the qualified, but he qualifies the called. He's lowered the bar for you to get into the kingdom. It's not a high bar, his yoke is light. It's not a high jump, you know. It's a little step into the kingdom. But we, we often derail ourselves that way. We, we have our part to play. But I promise you that the, God, that, that the God that we serve has a plan for your life. And His purposes are good. You know? But the problem is sometimes we don't believe that. You know? we, I've prayed and asked God for many things over the years and it's never happened. Or I've wanted things I've like... <laughs> Lord, why can't I get that? And Lord, why does you do this for me? And, ah. God knows what's best for me. And if I go ahead and do those things, they normally end up quite bad. You know, they derail, they shipwreck, I lose, I become injured, you know. But if I just listen to the to the know of God, God says, no, we're not doing that. Okay, I'm not going to do that. Does that make us immune against, you know, knowing that God has good plans for us? Does that make us immune in terms of this life? No, it doesn't. But Jesus' parting words to his disciples were, I've overcome the world. I'm with you to the end of the age. They were not only just for the disciples, but they're for us. No matter, you know, no matter what happens, he's with us. The plans and the decrees of the Lord are good. They're more precious than gold and more sweeter than honey. They are right and pure and just, and designed for you. He has a plan tailor-made for you. Who can discern the errors? Forgive my hidden faults, verse 12. My mother had the saying that if you can't do it in front of me, don't do it. Whatever, whatever you're thinking, if you can't do that in front of me, don't do it. So you've got to question what you're busy with. You know? I heard this the other day. If you can't talk about it, then it owns you. Hmm. And that's a trap the enemy uses a lot. You can't tell them that. They'll judge you. Yeah? If they know about that, people will not be your friends anymore. If they know about your addiction or your, your struggles, they're not going to like you or unfriend you. What can he mean to say? Know that one? That's exactly where the enemy wants to keep you in that bondage of hidden fault and hidden sin. But Jesus comes and says, I love you. And because I love you, I want to set you free. I want to break the bondage of those hidden faults. And that's his kindness. It's the kindness of Jesus that leads to repentance. And in his love, we find forgiveness. The light of his love, we are transformed. And sometimes transformation is instantaneous. I've seen this. But other times, we're going to have to walk out that transformation. You know, we're going to have to live it out. And you're going to have to live that out. You can try on your own, but it's doubly as hard. 
Because often our greatest source of healing comes through relationships. And yeah, not all relationships are healthy. You've got to kind of be discerning and you know who you who you partner with. But we can pray and ask the Lord to establish relationships of unconditional love, acceptance, and forgiveness. Where we can find healing, where we can find restoration. Find someone to talk to. Just let the stuff go. I mean, I've I've had very good friends over the years, and I've really thanked the Lord for some good friends and fathers and brothers in my life that have been able just to speak life over me and just be able to encourage me. And I've tried to replicate and do the same. You know, I think, um, where's old Pete? It's Pete, yeah. I've known Pete for, what, over 30 years. We hang out. We talk. Sometimes we try to fix the body of Christ. You know, we find things that are wrong with everything and then we fix it. And then we, we resort to know nothing else but Christ crucified in the end. All that while I'm chewing bacon. Should eat more bacon, it's good for you. No. You know, think of Tim. Yeah? Where I'm weak, he's strong. You know, often he, you know, carries me, encourages me. Not physically carry, you know, because you know. <laughs> I'm naughty. But that's you know, it's it's all about having relationships of mutual respect, honor, love, and appreciation. And that's, that's, you know, my heart for us as a community is to become that community. You know, that's who we want to be as a church. That we have these lasting godly relationships with each other, just built on Christ as our cornerstone, that overflow with the gifts of the Spirit and the fruits of the Spirit so that we can impact the community that we live in and impact the city. Impact the world. Why not? While we're at it. Keep your servant also from willful sins. May they not rule over me. And I will be blameless, innocent of great transgression. One of the one of the willful sins I intentionally guard against and, and you know and not allow and, and, and it's one of those things that I try very hard to 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 pray into and I like Lord help me with this is allowing myself to take offense or to take offense at at um, anything that happens especially in the life of the church. And it happens very quickly. And somebody says a word and you like I do with mosquitoes, I want to lay my hands on them. When I was younger, I was like very quick on the, on the charge. And I jump up easily, you know, that, that happens. Sometimes we even take offense, somebody else's offense, and make it part of our lives. You know, and sometimes I would hit back with little razor blades, cut them up, you know, because somebody said something. But, you know, I've asked the Lord, soften my heart, change my mind, work on me, O Lord, so I don't become offended. Remove offense from me. And these days I rather choose to believe that they didn't mean that. And even if they did, I've done worse things in my life. But offense is a funny thing, you know, it settles like fine dust. And if it's unchecked, before you know it, it makes a little, and you have to scrape it off. You know, when it was fresh, you could still dust it off easily. But those things leave a stain. You know, it's like looking through a window with, you know, that's not clean. Because you, you see this dim view outside. Clean the windows, man. Clean the windows of your heart. Clean the windows of your soul. You'll see more clearly and you'll see the beauty of what the Lord is actually doing. But the moment you just look at that, it's not nice. Shake off the dust. Even if you have to immediately hoya Jesus at them, get ye behind me, Satan. Okay, now don't say that to the person. <laughs> you just cause another offense, but... <laughs> I had this client who was a very offensive man and... Um, Man, the way he treated his staff. I would become offended on their part, but I'm there to represent him. 
And man, this dude, the way he did business. I mean, he was always shady and always, there was always something with this oak, man. I just like, I couldn't, and then, but I needed the money. So obviously, you know, I'm starting out business, you know, I need the money. So I do the, do consultation work for him, but inside me, it grinds me. He offends me. I couldn't stand him. But I'm, you know, Yes, sir, no, sir, thank you, sir. Give my money here. But one day I just couldn't. I just couldn't help myself, and I just let him have it. And then immediately I told him, you can't be my client anymore. Come back. And so that was it. About two years later, I got a call from another client. He says, hey, man, I've got this guy. He's got some issues. Would you be able to help him? I said, yeah, sure. And he says the guy's name, and I immediately said, it offends me to do business with that man. I will not do business. And as I'm saying that, I'm like, I never dealt with that. I told him off, but I never really, you know, I just brushed it and I let that, that dust that settles. So, I mean, I didn't want to call this guy. I really didn't. But, you know, I thought, okay, this other client is a good friend. I'm not, not going to call him because I don't want stories. So I phoned this guy and he immediately says, I'm so sorry. Yes, I was upset when you gave me the third degree, but I'm sorry that I offended you. And I said, okay, I'm sorry, man. We all like, oh, we're very, very sorry, both of us. And then he tells me, you know, the only reason I realized why I was like that is because of my own offense, my own issues, my own hurts, my own paranoia, my own distrust of people. And he gave me this whole list of all the things that he's been struggling with, struggling with. And, you know, and he says, you know, I realized I've just become a very bitter, bitter man. But I've been looking for help, and I've been, you know, seeking counseling, and I've recently joined a church, and I'm like, oh. Instead of staying bitter, this oak just wants to get better. I'm like, that's, that's good. You know? Bless those who curse you and mistreat you. Luke chapter 6. Be merciful as your Father is merciful. Be kind to your enemies. Man, I think we're going to have a shock when we get to heaven. We'll see who's there. What if Hitler, just before he died, said, God, I'm sorry. Forgive me for what I've done. You never know. You never know. And you get there, you go like, oh, I'm offended that you are here. Just, how did you get here? <laughs> so we can pray and we can ask the Lord to help us to be kind, to help us deal with the fates. I want to believe the best about everybody that's in my life. I'll be so oversensitive. Because it's not about me. The greater purpose is to serve God. And growing in maturity, growing into Christ-likeness, and I take this from John Wimber, I just want to grow up before I grow old. I'm growing old quickly. <laughs> Keep your servant also from willful sins that they may not rule over you. And I, question, I, know I always ask, are there any things that rule over me? Fear, doubt, unforgiveness, anger, jealousy, pride, slander, gossip. Maybe it's just being critical. Critical, having a critical. When I was younger and I started studying the Bible, I thought I knew everything, you know, like a naughty kid. But I had to, I had to repent every time I was critical of what anybody said. You know, I'm like analyzing it and thinking, yeah, but that's not what the word really says, and that's not really right, and you actually use the wrong Hebrew word, and it doesn't matter. Were people impacted? Did they come to Christ? Were they blessed? Yes. Were they healed? Yes. So 
doesn't matter which Hebrew word was where. That's the problem with the Pharisees. They put a spike through the Torah and they could, you could ask them, where's that spike? And they would quote every single thing. That's how good they knew the law. It doesn't matter how much I know about the Bible or the law. The law cannot make you righteous. Faith in Jesus Christ. The law can't rehabilitate you. Can't heal you. Can't clean you. Can't sort you. Only the living word of God. Jesus. And all of these other things like that stuff that rule over us, all it does, it seeks to distract us away from the fullness of joy and life in Christ. And then he ends off and he says, may, the, may these words of my mouth and this meditation of my heart be pleasing in your sight. Lord, my rock and my redeemer, I am not my own. You are not your own. You've been bought with a price. He is our rock. He is our redeemer. He is our salvation. And all our pursuits in life is to please him. I went to go pick up somebody the other day from the airport and I see all these in the international rivals, you see all these people running and like, ah, welcome home. And you see all the tears and I'm like, man, Lord, I want to be in a community. And we, we get that right often. But when I come here, it's like that happiness to see you. Like, hey, Martha, I haven't seen you in a while. Yippee. Even if I saw you yesterday, it feels, feels too long. Just people are genuinely happy to see each other. I think that pleases the Lord. And I often think when I, you know, and I have, I make very intentional quiet times and I go like, Lord, here am I, here I am, Lord. And I can just feel him like, hey, look at this fella. Good to see you. And I'm like, Lord, I'm good to see you. Good to be with you, Lord. It's just, you know. I think of my own family, my siblings, you know, when something good happens to them, it feels like it's happened to me. I celebrate and I've got a promotion. Yeah, it feels like I was promoted. You know, I got a new car. Yay! And something bad happens with them. Man, I cry the most. I'm like a real chunk father. If something bad happens to them, because it feels like it's happening to me. And we celebrate each other. Make very intentional decisions in that, in that way. Like, you know, I stick to Jesus. Doesn't matter what. Your enemy would like to remind you of your past. All the things that you've done and how worthless you are. God wants to remind you that you have a future. Future with Him and a future with Him in eternity. That's what I hold on to. I want to hold on to the stuff that was and, you know, old stuff is better and my new car is way better than the car I had. I love new things because it gets me there in more comfort and air conditioner is colder and, you know, I love new things. We've advanced. We've got to move on. Keep up with, with what the Lord's doing. The Lord's doing new things. See, I make all things new. It didn't mean I'll bring along all of the old stuff and just polish them up a little bit. God says He makes a new thing. He makes a new thing. He says He's going to transform. He's going to transform you. Not hold on to some of that old sakikis. Wait, down those sakikis. Leave them at the river. It's fine. Oh yes, by the way, the sermon was actually called Growing in the Knowledge of God. <laughs> by... how, can we... how can we stop doing that? How can we ever know enough of God? 
We don't have it all figured out, but that's okay. We are getting to know. We are on this journey together. If we would be able to figure out God, He wouldn't be God anymore. What would be the point? Romans 15 verse 13, and this is my prayer for us, is may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in Him, so that you and I may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. I'm not sure what happens next, but would you just close your eyes for a second and we just wait on the wait on the Holy Spirit? I just hear these words from Dachasidach. Today is the day. You shake off the dust. Shake off the dust. Rise up and stand again. Shake off the dust, Sandy. Shake it off. There you go. Some of us have been holding on to this stuff for way too long. It's formed that little crust. Shake off that dust. In Jesus' name, Lord, shake off the dust of our offense. Shake off the dust of our broken hearts. Shake off the dust, Lord, of negative words that have been spoken over us. Shake off the dust of those false words that were spoken and implanted into us. Shake off the dust, Lord. That you just... Put out your hands in front of you and just receive that from the Lord. Just receive that from the Lord. That offense you took, shake it off. Don't live with it anymore. Don't live in that bondage. Maybe it's something that's hidden. A hidden fault. Just receive that. You know, just be set free from that. And I see some people standing and we're just asking some of our guys just to go over and just pray. Just pray for them. Be renewed. Be restored today. I see some vertebrae that's that's gonna be alive today. Now that's thing or a natural thing. Lord, align. Align our, align our hearts once again, Lord. Steer us back to you, where we've gone off a few degrees, where our thought has gone wrong. Bring us back, God. Bring us back. Bring us back. Mm-hmm. 
I speak to that tight chest that's suffering from asthma. In the name of Jesus, be healed. I don't know where you are, but be healed in Jesus' name. Be healed in Jesus' name. That anxiety in the stomach, in the name of Jesus, that corkscrew that's turning, speak to you and say, stop turning and be gone with you. Foul and unclean spirit, God. Our Father is not a Father of fear, but He's of life. And I speak life over you in the name of Jesus. Holy Spirit, even more, even more, even more. Khirli, you're not just Khirli, you're a woman of valor, such integrity and strength. Khirli in Afrikaans is actually Macy, the notes to a little girl. And although the Lord swings you around like a little girl, He sees you as a woman. Come Holy Spirit, even more. So if you if you need prayer, you need healing. What you want to just either stand up or just come to the front, we'll be glad just to pray with you. We just like, just want to bless you. If you if you need to go, that's that's all good. But the Lord bless you and keep you. Have a wonderful Sunday. I think there's coffee next door. Yes, no, maybe. Yes, there's coffee. Have some coffee. Stick around. Meet some new people. We'll be around for a while, so come up for some prayer. We'll pray with you. Have a great week. Don't forget, Connect Night is coming up Wednesday. And we'll be back here next Sunday. Praise the Yara. Amen. Amen. Said we are amen. Donkey.